0: Welcome back to the Barca Breakdown. My name is Youssef, and I'm here with my co-host,
1: Adam. What's up, guys? Smash that subscribe button. We have a very special episode today, and it's not only because I am in Wyoming, not uh, (laughs) basically L.A., California. It's because we have a wonderful guest. First time ever in the Barca Breakdown history Use, why don't you take it away and introduce Jaleel? So
0: today we have Jaleel, the purist on Twitter. He wrote a wonderful article called "Decoding Barca's Centerbacks," and this is an article, obviously, about uh, all the signs we had this summer. But I'm gonna give it right to Jaleel. Let him introduce himself. Tell him, you know, tell the folks where to follow you. How long you've been wait, following Barca? Wait, wait, Barca. Yus. What?
1: I wanna hype him up. <laughs> I wanna hype up Jaleel, okay? Because I don't know if our audience has seen him yet. But you know, I'd say the the main deficiency you and I have, Use, is mm-hmm. that on the, the the podcast and YouTube medium, getting very analytical, having images, talking about stats, especially when we're making reaction videos to so episodes, it's super hard. And so a few months ago, I came across, you know, the purist, at uh, the purist underscore on Twitter, and that is Jaleel, who we have today. And I've just been very impressed with the way he writes. He has a good uh, tactical mind, and he's able to break down some of the biggest topics. So he's covered Sergio Dest, where should he be? Last season, he covered, you know, why do Barca struggle against teams with five? at the back. Uh, and so today, like you said, we're, we're covering what should be Barca's, you know, basically gala back four uh, for the season. And so, Jaleel, take it away. Thank you so much for being here.
2: Thank you so much for having me, guys. It's a, it's a pleasure. Um, love the show, of course, and uh, very much looking forward to, to doing this with you. Um, a bit about myself, I mean, there's not too much to say that, that you haven't already that would be of interest to anybody. But um, Basically, I write about Barcelona uh, as in depth as possible, um, as tactically as possible, on my Twitter and Medium pages, uh, and you can find me at uh, at thepurist underscore. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much that's that's in- of interest to, well, to thank you. perfect. Yep. we'll
1: have it. Don't worry; it's going to be up on the <laughs> screen. So I just please all of you guys go go to Twitter, follow him. He is a must-follow for all of his content. And you have a great article today, Jaleel, uh, because I think who we play in the back four, that's been a huge topic, right, and We've talked about mm-hmm. it a lot, and, um, you know, we had mixed feelings after, I think it was the Classico, it might have been uh, another preseason game where we weren't sure if, you know, I think on one end you thought Araujo did pretty well at that right back position, for me I was a little bit unsure, and so there was questions of, you know, will... Pk get a lot of playing time. Eric Garcia, um, you know, Will Serginho Des still have a role at that right back spot now that we have Kunde. And so, Jaleel, if you would, could you just walk us through essentially, you know, and we're gonna have slides up showing the the pros and cons of each different player, but what you think Javi's uh, best back four will be and why?
2: Uh yeah, sure. Um, I guess I'll start by by sort of just going through what my back four is. It's a little bit controversial, I think. Um, I ran a poll on Twitter and. I think it was 80% of people wanted to see Koundé and Araujo as a centre-back partnership, which is you know completely understandable. Um, mine's a little bit different. I've, I've, I've gone for Koundé at right-back, um, Araujo and Christensen at centre-backs, and then Jordi Alba on the left. Um, there's, there's quite a few different reasons for that, um, which I can I can dive into if you'd like, but would you want me to go through the individual players first? Sure, yeah, I'd love it. Um, okay, well, we'll start with Kunde then. He's the most interesting. Um, he is a very interesting centre-back because he's got an extremely offensive role, um, even for Sevilla, who are obviously such a, a defensively sound side. Even for a centre-back in a back two, he's, he's often seen sort of marauding into the final third uh, of the opposition's half, which is pretty much unheard of, um, if you're in a back two anyway. Uh, he carries the ball extremely well. Obviously, he's extremely athletic, um, very strong. Um, he's not afraid to to put balls into the box either, from sort of a right half space sort of position. Um, and on top of that, he's an extremely sound defender. He he's his anticipation is fantastic. He reads the game extremely well. Um, he that makes him an excellent defender inside his own box uh, because he doesn't dive in. He waits. He can read the game and and make interceptions. Um, and he's just an extremely well-rounded player, and uh, obviously I understand why people want to see him at centre-back. Um, I like him at right-back in this particular system because uh, of how he's operated uh, so far forward, and I think you get the best out of him if you give him more of a, a licence to do that. Um, Barca centre-backs typically remain very central. Uh, they have a lot of responsibility in build-up uh, because they, you know, they have... M- more time on the ball than anyone else, essentially, uh, but they usually are going to use that time to break the lines with passes. Um, whereas Koundé is as an excellent ball carrier, I think you run a risk uh, of him doing what he does in a central back two in in Javi system. The right back is is more inverted in in the system, which means that basically he plays as slightly more inside than than like a a typical attacking fullback would be a Dani Alves a, a, someone who's going to overlap players um and and in that sort of inside inverted right back position I think he'd be a really effective player uh going forward and you still get his really um sound profile in transition his speed his athleticism excuse me um and yeah I think that just gets the most out of him going forward and going backwards as well
0: uh, Jaleel, speaking of, you know, all those positive traits that you had of Kunde there, uh, it kind of makes me think about Eric Garcia and what you had talked about in the article as well, and basically you gave Eric Garcia lower stats than most of the players on almost every front, which is understandable, and I agree with that overall, but don't you think, uh, Koundé's strengths are kind of what Eric Garcia does on Barcelona as the center back, you know, bombing forward, uh, if Kunde can do that too, if there's any situation in which uh, Javi would be choosing Eric, Christian, or sorry, Eric Garcia over Kunde, uh, let's say Dest is on the right side so that flank is covered, wouldn't you think that uh, Koundé would pick be picked over uh, Eric Garcia in that situation? Or do you think like Eric Garcia needs time
2: or whatever else? You know, go into that. Um, I I I think they're slightly different. Uh, Garcia is is. Probably the premier passer in terms of his passing range is better. Mm. Um, he can execute sort of the diagonals. He can execute the the uh, direct balls into the forward. He can use both feet as well. Um, Kounde is uh, not a bad passer, but uh, he he certainly has. Um, I would I would argue a, a less well-rounded passing range. Mm-hmm. Um, and out of the the two traits. For the centre backs in in Javi's system, you actually want the better passer, I think. However, uh, Eric Garcia just hasn't been good enough defensively, and that's that's as blunt as I can be, really. He, I,
1: oh, that 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 penalty against Frankfurt!
2: <laughs> oh, that one still kills me, Jaleel. Yeah, exactly, and and that's going to happen at the highest level with him because I understand he he's aggressive and you know he wants to make challenges because. He lacks that physique. He has to. He has to be that aggressive centre back, and it's going to cause him problems because he needs to get tight. He needs to get. You know, he, he needs to get his arms around the, the forward in order to make a challenge. And so, that that um, he's a liability in that sense. Uh, and and I think at the highest level, like we saw even against Frankfurt in the Europa League, that those sort of situations are going to occur with him. It's a shame because, like I say in the article, he gives the most out of Barca centre-backs in terms of contributing to uh, Mm build-up. He progresses the quickest. He identifies passes really well. His vision is excellent. Um, But, you know, I'd love him to develop physically, and I hope he does. Uh, But this season, he he won't be good enough, I don't think, defensively. I like it, Julio. And, you know, Julio, yeah, I like it too. I
1: mean, I think Yus and I have been... You know, sometimes it's hard because social media can be such a big hive mind. And, like, I feel like at times um, just certain players are, are like, in favor to slander. And I think, you know, Yus and I really have never been a big Eric Garcia fan. But like you, right, and like all of us, I think we're all huge Barca fans. And so it's not like I, I we don't want him to succeed. We want him to get better. It's just, you know, with the the profile of center backs and, you know, right and left backs we have right now, I don't think Eric Garcia is in our top four, even top five probably. Um, I would be interested to hear you, Jaleel, talk about Gerard Piquet because he, you know, as much as he's getting older and it's clear that like his, uh, his issues and his legs have, have caused him some speed and, you know, I thought you did a good point uh, in the article discussing how he, you know, went to ground for, for um, tackles more often than he had in the past. There were times last season where I thought he was really good. And, uh, you know, he, he, of course, had the luck that he was playing during the period when we did the best, right, February and uh, March of last season. But do you think he still has a spot? Do you think he has a role? How do you feel like Gerard Piquet will fit in this season with Barca? Uh,
2: I think, first of all, you have to realize that it's a very young back line that we're talking about, aside from Piquet. Christensen is the oldest at 26. Um, and for a center back, you know, that's not ancient. <laughs> You want leadership in there, and you want maturity. And there are times in games where you need somebody in that back line to be the guy who's going to say, OK, we step up now, or or whatever it is. And um, PK can still be that guy. Obviously, we're not prioritizing his development. We're not prioritizing his pitch time, because all these guys are young, and we want them to be playing as often as possible. Um, but as a defender, when he's fit... He still has really good numbers. I, I pointed out in the article that you know he he wins more aerial duels than anyone, but Araujo. He's the least uh, dribbled past of all Barça defenders last year, anyway. Um, and when he's on the pitch, Barça have uh, and and you know this context needed to this statistic. But when he's on the pitch, Barça have uh, the better XG difference than any other player. Um, so he can have a role. I think in terms of uh, rotation, in terms of uh, if there's a particularly, um, you know, if there's a situation with injuries that mean, you know, he he has to step up, I think he'll be trusted still, he'll probably get some minutes, um, but I think the priority needs to be to develop the other players that are in the squad, to be honest. Um, This will probably be his last year, and uh, that's, you know, He's been a club legend, and and you know I love P.K. to bits, uh, but he he we definitely need to be transitioning now to a new back line, um, and and you know he can still have a leadership role, like I said, and that's important. But but in terms of game time, it will be stepped down significantly, I would imagine.
0: Yeah, that's that's how I feel about the whole situation as well. Maturity and having these senior players coming in and kind of helping. Uh, develop the young players, and you know, not take overtaking the role because I feel like Danny Alves kind of did that to Dest in the situation. Although, granted, Dest was injured at some point, but I think there was a time at which it seemed Danny Alves was just taking over the position, and then I was like, well, we want him to teach Dest, we want Dest to grow from this opportunity. But I think that fell a little bit flat. Um, but I totally agree with you, and it's it's very sound, and I really do hope that Javi can use those things that you just mentioned to better the team in the long run because you know coming after this last season we still have a lot of room to grow and a lot of achievements left um but yeah speaking of the other players and you're talking about christiansen being uh 26 and you know the most senior player after pk why don't you talk about his uh, expected performance why you chose him and whatnot
2: yeah i, I really like christiansen i have to admit mm-hmm. um I did. So does Yus. Yus yeah. is a big Christensen guy, right? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to like. I mean, in terms of what you're looking for in a centre back in the modern day, he he ticks most of the boxes. Really, um, he he is a good good ball player. He does have a good passing range. He can carry it forward, um, but he's also a very solid defender. And and you can't you know underestimate how important that is. We we look often for sort of the flashier guys but Christensen just gets the job done mm-hmm. he's probably the most calm and composed out of all the players that we're talking about he doesn't go to ground very often at all um, and yet he still makes a lot of tackles and interceptions um, his his numbers are excellent when you watch him you, you realize that you know he's, he's very difficult to beat because he just stands up stands up waits for the the attacker to move and and doesn't commit and then he can make the you know the right decision um, and, and I think, you know, really, he, he's just an extremely well-balanced option. Um, obviously, we, we have to see him over a long period of time. We're, we're going off mainly pre-season and, and, you know, his performances for Chelsea in quite a different system. Sure. Um, but from what we've seen, he's settled in very well and i don 't see any reason why he can 't you know be a mainstay in this team this this season, to be honest
0: sure, and you know the one th- i yeah I was going to say the one thing I really liked about your article uh talking about uh Christensen was his passing capability because I think that was like one of my biggest highlights um from that section, and the reason I like to bring this up in this situation is because I think I read one of your other articles um, and it was talking about the pressure that barça. Uh, sustains and how it gets mitigated back to Ter Stegen and the the roles of the defenders in those situations and I think sometimes with someone that's a better pla- passer like Christensen that can mitigate the pressure off of Ter Stegen maybe a little bit that way he doesn't have to be playing in such high pressure situations all the time and maybe take off um you know maybe create more offensive opportunities because you know Ter Stegen sometimes has to take a lot a lot of these kicks from a far spot right and like what do you think about that for example
2: yeah it's true I mean a lot of the reason why uh Ter Stegen was so heavily burdened in in as a creator as a progressor Mm -hmm. was because it was often PK playing at left center back and if the ball came to him from the right uh or actually from any position really um, he was he wasn't on his natural side because he's a right-footed mm-hmm. t- centre-back playing at left-back. He'd just take a touch inside and go back to the Stegen. If you've got a more proactive left centre-back, as we saw Eric Garcia, for example, in in the preseason Clasico, who is going to receive that ball and turn out and drive, uh, that that does take a lot of of um, pressure or responsibility off to Stegen. Um, really, the more ball players you can have in that back line, the 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 more options you're going to have when, when opponents press high. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it might not be the most important thing in the world because uh, I've mentioned a few times on Twitter and in various articles that uh, Xavi's quite pragmatic when, when the uh, opposition presses high. He tends to like the lines broken quickly. So it's not sort of like a Man City, Pep Guardiola situation where they're going back and forth between Edison, Laporte, Stones, you know, Mm -hmm. while they're getting heavily pressed by Salah and and Mane and whatever. That doesn't happen that often at Barca. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, the more more ball players you have, the more options you have, and that's always a good thing. Sure. And I think, Julio, yeah, as
1: we kind of move from, you know, just the back four in your recent article to to picking your brain about, Barca for the rest of this episode. I want to ask you a little bit about Xavi because you had mentioned, uh, you know, before we clicked record about some disillusionment with how Barca played under Valverde and Komen and uh, that Xavi excites you. And, And we were very excited at the beginning too. But of course, we all saw in like, you know, April and May at the end of last season, the team really fell down. And I think there were some people wondering if, you know, Xavi's tactics had been more understood by opposing coaches and whether or not, um, you know, we had become more predictable because Yus and I were there at the last two games of the season. Uh, we went to, yeah, the last two games and we saw zero goals. Right. And so just in general, the end of the season was a place where I felt like our offense wasn't able to create much. And so I just wanted to hear from you, you know, what you think went wrong at the end of last season and how you think Javi besides just, uh, the new players like tactically can make sure that we continue to surprise opponents.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. One of the criticisms that I had of Xavi last year was that the system was very rigid. Um, And it's understandable when you're working with new players, you're instilling a football idea that's quite complex. Xavi's implementing, you know, sort of Cruyff-style positional play that only really the, the very top teams in the world use effectively. Um, and so I understood to a, to a degree why the team sort of stalled because, you know, he 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 really is building this system from the ground up, uh, and that takes time. And we obviously saw uh, an immediate response from the players, which was uh, which which got Barca through that incredible season February March uh, incredible period sorry mm-hmm. in uh, in February and March. Um, but it's it's completely natural for things to dip. Um, the other thing about that sort of system is that it's heavily reliant on uh, the creative players sort of breaking out of their, their the mould, if you like. Um, and I think that's something that happens with time, with confidence, with playing, with familiar players around you. Um, you know, having getting those repetitive actions that, that we see the likes of Man City perform, that Arsenal are sort of now performing under Arteta, um, and that, that are coming under Xavi as well and then it's for the the quality players to sort of take the, the reins then and and step up and i think we'll probably see more of that this season there's so many creative players now at barcelona they're all competing uh for for minutes and um yeah i can only see the the system getting a bit more fluid more um the players taking on a bit more responsibility creatively i think uh, being freed from the shackles, if you like, a little bit—not not totally, because we're still talking about quite a disciplined uh, setup—but um, I think Dembele will probably have a little more freedom this year. For example, Antufati is a player that that likes to drift around; you can't really pin him down. Um, and and having a a big focal point in Lewandowski will make a huge difference as well, to be honest, and in terms of bringing in the, the the more creative players, because there wasn't that link last year as good as Aubameyang is it, at scoring goals. He he was often lacking when it when it came to sort of link up play. So um, I think there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic about this season, and and Javi's working at the the, the peak of of football coaching, to be honest. Um, and so I think there's absolutely no reason not to trust him. Wow, I like it. I like that confidence, <laughs> Yus. That's what we need to hear because Yus and I get,
1: you know, we get a little bit uh, nervous. And I think the last few seasons specifically have kind of instilled that in us. And I think, you know, there's been a, so many, so many bad um, losses where it just felt like the team kind of crumbled. And, you know, like you were alluding to with PK getting phased out, uh, there's just like that that similar back four and, um, you know, of like Alba, Langlet PK... Um, and then having Busquets there that just had so many big historic collapses. And I'm just glad that we're finally getting totally over the hump, and it feels like we have a, a fully refreshed new team, not like we're kind of playing through the core of, like, 2015 as it, you know, gets slower and older. So I, I, I'm totally in the same boat, man. And I, I kind of want to go to use and ask you this question, Yus. Mm-hmm. We're excited about the team, right? We have all these new tools. We have Javi having his first full preseason, having his first, you know, uh, eight months or so with the the squad getting them with the the play style he wants what do you expect from this team this year like what what do you what would you consider the minimum if we don't reach that goal in terms of you know mm-hmm. maybe Copa Liga and Champions League where you're going to say this season has really been a failure
0: uh I think minimally minimally we have to get Uh, Copa del Rey, because I think that is something, that's an easy achievement, and we've gotten time and time again (laughs) in some of our worst seasons, to be honest, and we have like a whole new squad, we have so many players to choose from, Uh, I think one of the biggest drawbacks of previous seasons recently was that we didn't have a large arsenal of players to rotate, and not only that, we had a lot of Mm -hmm. injuries on a lot of the players, so I feel like... We can have uh, certain players that are devoted to maybe a little more uh, uh, Copa del Rey play, as we do sometimes with the uh, goalie. But that would be one. Mm-hmm. And then I, we, if if we were able to achieve second place last season, I think there's no way we can't be top two this coming season. Um, I mean, I would, of course, love to destroy Real Madrid and take the title right back from them and just, you know, just say, hey, we had a fluke season. We were growing and we just destroyed you as we did in the preseason. But, yeah, top two. But they're a good team. Yeah, of course. And I know it's not going to be a cakewalk because they didn't even have Benzema. So that's going to be that's going to be rough to watch um, coming in. And then lastly, in Champions League. Man, uh, we got to get to semis. Um, I I, I don't accept anything below that. Um, But we still (laughs) have... I mean, the only reason I say this is because we still have a lot of young players and a lot of new players that have to be introduced into the system, right? We have Kessie. We have... uh, uh, all, half of our front line, Rafinha, Lewandowski. We still have Fati coming back from injury. We also have... Uh, Ferran Torres missed Torres. the whole preseason. Yeah. So we have all these things. Pedri was out. Yeah. yeah, and the back line, of course, as we were just discussing, like all our options there. We're going to need some time to figure out what's best, uh, who's best against high-pressure teams, for example. Obviously, someone like Araujo, who um, is just a beast on many fronts of the, the pitch, I would say is like one of our top top defenders. Um, but yeah, I mean, like those are, I, I, I couldn't see this season coming in with all the things that we've faced and having a different outcome, uh, that is acceptable.
2: Jaleel, what about you? What do you think about, uh, that minimum requirement? (laughs) I think that the, the league should be the priority for sure. Um, I think winning the, if, if, if Barcelona win the league, uh, that's a success for this season. Um, I'm a little less... I would be a little less uh, uh, aggressive with my Champions League. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I'm going all out. <laughs> I, I just think because because it's such a young squad, yeah. I think, you know, like we just mentioned with the defence, um, I know there's obviously some stalwarts in there, in, in Alba and Busquets um, and Lewandowski now, but the core of that squad... Uh, is is still really young, and so I think if if Barcelona win the league and I don't know, quarterfinals of the Champions League, maybe even last sixteen, I think that's a, a successful season.
0: Damn, I wow. I'd be sad if we only got to quarters. <laughs> uh but that's okay
1: i mean yeah let's see right like i think i think like you guys are saying the league is probably the the one where i want to give it the 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 best go this i mean this real Madrid, Madrid team was really good and you know Benzema kind of played out of his out of his mind and i'm not sure if he's gonna have that same success not that he won't have a great season but he was really really clutch last year and so i think we can compete there i think in the champions league i'm looking for quarterfinals just want to make it there um like you said, the team's very young. The other half of the team has PTSD from, you know, all the, the big Champions League games we lost. And so I, I don't know if the team's ready yet to make that final push. But it, we'll see, right? That's kind of what's so exciting is, like, I haven't really seen Rafinha, Dembele, Lewandowski, Ferran Torres, Fati all play together. I haven't seen, um, you know, Kessie, Gavi, Paige, Like We haven't seen really a lot of the, the starting lineup that I think we'll see get some minutes together, and that will only happen next Saturday. Against Rio, so I'm I'm very excited. Um, I was thinking the one thing I
0: wanted to ask you, and we're talking about development and young players, uh, Jaleel, is and I in your article it just had to spark my mind that if Kunde just uh, comes in and is preferred by Javi, do you think this is really gonna screw over Dest's development coming into this season and his future because he really. Um, didn't get like a fair shot. I would say last season plus the injury. And then if Koundé coming in and possibly going to be taking over that spot, um, and a part of the the whole thing you were talking about in your analysis, I think you had your Dest article as well, and your preferences of Koundé over Dest is um, that inverted right-back position in which the right-back cuts in. Instead, you had highlighted the fact that Dest sometimes gets too far forward and kind of takes the space away from Dembele, causing kind of a little bit of chaos and high pressure in that situation and him losing the ball with the you know, with that analysis and the fact that you think that Kounde would be, you know, a top choice here, um, is there room for Dest?
2: Yeah, Dest is a really interesting one. Uh, first of all, I'm not sure that Xavi will agree with me and Kunde sure. right back. I'm sticking my neck out a little bit because we haven't seen him play at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but but regardless, he, he I think he wants to play either Araujo or Kounde in that position. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Which which puts wow. pressure on Dest, regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think Dest needs a season of consistency because he hasn't had any um, with injuries and, and whatever it is. We've also got to remember that Sergio Roberto is probably going to be competing for that position as well. Oh, no. And and Javi wants to win. If if Dest is, is isn't performing and, and Roberto gives him just a decent level at that position. Uh, then he could even be ahead of Dest in the pecking order, which I wouldn't like, but I would understand. I think Dest needs, uh, like I said in my article, it, it's a big learning curve for him. He's he's learning essentially a new way to play to play right back, um, and there's question marks over whether he has it in him, and, and I understand those question marks. Give him a season as as second string, you know, getting consistent minutes in rotation. Um, being trusted in, you know, sort of the the mid-level La Liga fixtures, Copa Copper del Rey games, uh, and let him prove himself in that environment. And I think he he has he has potential. He's got natural talent. I I want to see him develop that potential. I just really question whether he's going to get the opportunity with the competition. Um, yeah, even if even if Kounde and Araujo are are centre backs, you know Roberto. Well, Roberto gets gets minutes
1: under every coach, right? Like as much as <laughs> much of the chagrin of uh, almost all Barca fans, like Sergio Roberto is uh, he's always around, you know. And I think he had a pretty severe surgery right last season, so I'm not sure exactly where his health is at, but. Uh, what, if Sergio Berto's on the team he's got a fighting chance to play right back that's what, that's what I'll always believe and I think we're kind of sad Jaleel because we're Americans and we want to see Serginio Dest and, and see him thrive and I thought there were I thought there were moments over the last two years where like it felt like he was hitting a groove and then just immediately got kind of freak injuries um, and that's sad and uh, you know We'll see what happens, and I, th- I would love to talk to you again sometime, you know, maybe one to two to three months into the season to try and figure out, like, well, we had this whole talk before the season started. How does it play out, right? Because, you know, you keep alluding to the fact that this is Jaleel's, the purest, at the purest underscore, preferred back four. Like, what will Javi actually choose? I think only time will tell, right, Yus?
0: Yeah, I mean, that that it's... It's a hard job to predict what Javi's going to do coming into the season. And, you know, no matter how. It should be noted, though, (laughs) by the way, that we (laughs) predicted before
1: we talked to Jaleel, before he wrote his article, I got it right. Use is a little bit sad. (laughs) So if you want to support me, please smash that subscribe button. I don't (laughs) want to keep Jaleel too late, use because he's uh, over in uh, the aisles. So, um, Jaleel, I just want to say thank you so much. If you have any final words, please let us know.
2: Uh, well, thanks for having me, guys. It's It's been great. Um, I, I look forward to more episodes of your show, and I look forward to the start of the season. Next Saturday is going to be uh, really exciting for all of us Barca fans, and I think it's going to be a good one. I think this season is... I know we've gone through some some trauma, as you, you alluded to earlier, but uh, I think there's loads of reasons to be positive this season, so just really looking forward to it. Okay, thank you guys so much. Have
1: a nice week. Joan Gamper coming up this Sunday and then the first La Liga game next Saturday against Rio. Thank you all. Thanks, guys.